Hello and welcome to this podcast. This is part two of the conversation between ELO's Dr. Rick Gosen and Jerry Boyer, U.S. economist, author, and journalist. Jerry hosted Rick on his new podcast, Business in the Kingdom, with Jerry Boyer. In this segment of the interview, they discuss how Christian leaders can and why we should pursue excellence in public speaking. This is part two of two of their conversation. Hi, I'm Jerry Boyer. This is Business in the Kingdom, and um, we have back our guest, uh, Dr. Rick Gosen. Uh, Dr. Gosen is the author, most recently, of Public Speaking Laws of Success. These are laws. Follow these laws, and you've got a 90% chance, or what is it? You you, um, will be better than 90% of other speakers. Right. Um, So you're, you're at the 90th percentile. Of uh, public speaking ability, um, so that, and and there's a few of them if you follow and they're in the book that you're just not going to blow it. <laughs> so if, right. if, if so, it's okay to go into a speech with your goal of not blowing it, uh, that is a right. perfectly legitimate. You don't you don't have to be a superstar. Okay, Rick. Um, in our last conversation, I asked you if you could um, finish up next time by talking to us about the the brave new world um, of the pandemic where we're Zooming or go to meeting or Microsoft Teamsing or Clubhouse. We're using all these streaming services. Um, and it's speaking, but it's, and so it's still speaking, but it's also a little bit different. So you've done a lot of webinars, right? right? So you're a, you were a already an established public speaking authority, and then you were forced to gravitate over to webinars. So right. what have you learned about how to, first of all, not, how to not blow that, and then you know, maybe how to actually do it with excellence? Well, yeah, it's interesting because in the Zoom context or video conferencing context, a lot of the basic rules of public speaking apply. Of course, you know, things like having a clear message, having it well laid out, you know, all, all those things. But where people make a mistake is they think that somehow the current way of doing it, you just do that on Zoom. That's a that's a big mistake. So here's just some basic things. Even how, first off, how you're situated on the screen. It's a basic thing, but, you know, I always tell people, pretend you're on CNN and it's a head and shoulder shot. The more people can see the expression on your face, your eyeballs, your eyebrows, the more that you can see the way I move my head a bit and I'm speaking, you know, into the, in, into the screen, that's the way to do it. So the further back you are, the less you communicate. I've seen people, and, and this is, it, it's surprising. I'm not sure what people are thinking, but and I've had conversations with people where they're looking sideways. Like they're literally like, like I'm, I'm getting their profile. Well, what is that? That makes no sense. What is that communicating? Like you're not interested or even a simple thing. Like, I've spoken to people who they look like they're doing an ET impersonation. You know, they're behind the brightest possible window and it's a sunny day. And all I see is a black silhouette. And I'm thinking, okay, look, buddy, you can look into your screen. You know what you look like? You look ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so have you ever thought that? So I've actually, wait, had wait, let me stop. Let me stop there. Yeah. Look into your screen, look into your screen. It tells yeah. all. Just stop for don't for a moment. Yeah. Just look at what that looks like, 
and see if it looks crazy or see whether it looks okay. You notice when I'm speaking, I, you never see my hands. Yeah. I never, like my hands are, so for all of you listening, I always have my hands flat on the table, on my desk, and I move my hands, but always out of, out of the view of the, of the screen. Because, you know, when people put their hands in front of the screen, uh, especially if they're using a virtual background, it'll come across blurry. But if they're not using a virtual black background, they often come across grotesquely oversized, yes. right? Because and a little scary. Remember 3D movies? Remember there yeah. was a th- when we were kids and it's, you know, like the monster would reach out, you know, and it was people would. So it's, it's, it's a little bit, a little bit like that. Yeah. So those are a couple of things. So just the positioning, um, looking into the screen, um, you know, use, okay. Use a virtual background or a professional background. So I, I had a business call one or business zoom meeting and the fellow had had a desk behind him and something was on the desk. And I, 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 I didn't have the heart to say, but I, I was thinking, Will you take that thing off your desk and move it? Because it it was like a bag. Maybe he had been shopping or something. So there's the bag sitting on on the desk. Uh-huh. And then the whole time the guy's talking, you're thinking, what's in that bag? Why is that bag there? So these are these are. Distract- Did he just rob a bank? Well, you wonder. Is there a head in the bag? I mean, it could be anything, right? It's- or, or is it his lunch? Or you know, <laughs> what is it? Yes. So so simple things, uh, you know, being dressed appropriately. Uh, good positioning, you know, the level of the voice, uh, not having the hands show up in there. Um, I mean, these are some, you know, some some basic things. But but people, pe- I'd say probably some of the biggest failings are sitting way too far back, mm-hmm. not having proper light. So people sometimes talk about getting a ring light. So for example, right now I'm using a virtual background, which which you may be able to tell, but you have to have good lighting for the virtual background to look okay. And and even with mine, if people can see it, so I have a company brand up on the virtual background. So that's always a good thing to do. I I, I prefer to use a virtual background. I have another one that has my name in the other, other top uh, corner. So therefore, you know, if you're with, let's say, you know, if you're Jerry Boyer Inc. and you're talking somewhere, then that way people can see the name up there. Uh, they see your name. So it just, communicates more more effectively but and, and oh and then the last thing is so I have, i'm feeling uh, totally judged by you now by the way <laughs> I'm, I'm so self-conscious like where where's my jerry boyer ink background i i yeah, blew yeah. this opportunity and i've been waving yeah. my hands and it's, i'm not using a virtual background and yeah, it's a good thing we know each other otherwise i, I would have missed oh sorry rick we can't hear you we just lost the <laughs> well anyways let me let me continue uh well the the other one and this is one you're following very well uh the other one is i, I don't know why people do this but they'll have uh, their laptop i guess on their desk and they'll stand and they'll stand over it. So you're basically looking at the guy's nostrils the whole time. Like, here, please do a nostril inspection. Yes. I'm thinking, do you not realize how you look? You look ridiculous. Like a two-car garage. What's that? You look like a two-car garage with yeah, the doors open. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, what are you thinking? You can't see the way you look on your own laptop? So I have at home, like... So uh, like a like a riser, like you know, like a stand up, like a platform on my desk that I can lower, lower and rise and, and raise desk, right. as I need. Yeah. So so the idea is that just again the way I am right now, you the the shot should be coming in at your head and shoulders uh, level, not you peering down into your screen. 
but I've, I've seen people interviewed on TV this way. And I'm thinking, like, it looks so, it's, it's so amateurish. Like, I, I really don't understand. Like, it's not that complicated. I've been shocked by some of the stuff I've seen on TV. I watch a lot of business and financial TV. You know, we've got CEOs, people who are managing billions of dollars. And the optics are terrible in many cases. Um, and you're wondering, don't you have anyone on your staff who's maybe like under the age of 40 who could tell you how to use? How to use streaming services you know what? or what looks good and what doesn't. Yeah. Like one thing I say in the book, which I, I really think is true, is there's such a dilution of brand value by these companies. Because sometimes I see how they conduct themselves on Zoom. And I think, like you say, you don't have anybody who can instruct you. Like, like you look like an absolute rank amateur. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. Yes. Um, you know, and, and it's an unforced this- error. You, you don't yeah, have to like, like say using a, a virtual background. So when you use a virtual background, you have to have good lighting. Otherwise, you look very blurry. And when you have the virtual background, like I do right now, you have to be careful not to do jagged movements. So you can see I'm, I'm moving my head a little bit as I speak, but I'm intentionally not moving a lot because otherwise it gets a bit blurry. So I've seen people interviewed on TV and they're moving their hands and their laptops not well positioned and they're and they've got the or they have an, an inappropriate background i mean inappropriate meaning uh you know they've got a shot of hawaii with the with the waves lapping up against the shore and the wind you know brushing against the palm leaves and you're thinking really like it's like a kid who just discovered a new toy hey yes. let me try this no <laughs> the equivalent of star wipes um, when, when kids first start creating videos. Okay. So, um, we've seen, we, the, the, there are unforced errors that, uh, that we've right. uh, talked about. Um, what about excellence, right? So largely so far, we've said, these are things that we're seeing that are really hurting when it comes to, um, webinars or other streaming presentations, is there can we get more towards the home run? What would be the things right. that are really good things to do if you can pull them off? Well, and so this is quite interesting because uh, at ELO, we've done a lot of webinars and I'd like to think, of course, we've done a great one with you and we've done, I think, a lot of them successfully. So here's some of the key things. Well, that's that interesting. We- I've done five webinars with you and you said we've done a great one with you. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm a... <laughs> So eighty so percent of them were were missing. One out of five's not bad. <laughs> I, you know what? I said it quickly, hoping you wouldn't notice. No, I, I meant Jerry. If I can clarify, I meant one like the last one. They were all outstanding, but I'm referring only to the last outstanding. <laughs> but, uh, but, but so a number of things that we learned, which are, which when I explain them to the listeners, you might think, well, this is so basic. But so first thing, uh, whenever the webinar starts have a five so let's say it starts at 12 noon high noon well eleven fifty-five. start the countdown clock you must have a countdown clock five minutes early and just have uh, you know xyz webinar with so-and-so starting 12 o'clock and it counts down you know just have that ticker counting down the worst thing you can do is somebody shows up and to see that blank screen the host will soon let you in it hasn't started yet no, that that's that's so non-passive. Like now, how many people show up for something exactly at that time? Like almost any webinar I go to, I always show up a couple minutes early because I don't want to show up like after it started. So so that's one thing. 
Secondly, a good way to start off a webinar like we do is have an opening video. So right at 12 o'clock, have like a one, one or two minute opening video about, you know, the company. Then so the you've thing- kind of started, so you're not leaving people waiting, but you're yeah. also, it's a little bit like the worship music time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's a buffer here. So if someone's late, you know, um, then they didn't miss the sermon. So you have, you have like, it's a transition. It's a kind of a borderland between not the webinar and the meat of the webinar. Yeah, no, that, that that's a great way to put it. And that, that's exactly the case. So, you know, not everybody can make it down to the second. But to me, in fact, I, we got a compliment on this uh, from our last webinar. I was so pleased that you started right on time and you ended right on time. So I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But so you start off with a countdown clock, then have the short video. And then the next thing is to have someone else come up and talk about some of the mechanics of a webinar, not go right to the speaker. Hmm. Now, why do we do that? It's for a lot of people, they have to get used to how a webinar functions. So the listener is coming in. So you just start off by saying, you know what, uh, if you notice the toolbar at the bottom of your screen, you should see the Q&A function. <clears throat> we'll be uh, fielding questions, but you notice it'll say questions for everyone or to the panelists. Make sure it's set for everyone, uh, blah, blah. And then we have a chat function. In the chat function, do not pose your questions there because no one will see them, but instead just identify yourself, greet other people. Um, and then we'll say, hey, this will go exactly 45 minutes. At the end of the webinar, there'll be a, the, a poll or a survey will pop up. You can fill that out and that'll lead you to more information. You know, just, just these basics. And we'll, we also sometimes say, you know what, make sure your screen is set to this view because there's people who will say, well, you're just a little square in the corner. Well, no, actually, if you go to the settings, you can change that. So you just mentioned some of these things. So you're treating the audience with respect because, you know, a lot of people, they'll have differing levels of experience with webinars. So it's fine just to quickly go over the basics. Hey, this is just a reminder for everybody. And then you go to the, uh, you know, to the actual session. What I do when I interview someone, and I think it's really important is all of us to say, hey, you know, I'm interviewing Jerry right now and we're halfway through. If you have questions, please let us know. Get towards the end. Hey, we've got five minutes left. Uh, as I mentioned, we're going we're to end at exactly 1245. So, you know, so you, you keep the pace and the momentum. The other thing that I'd say is critical for people doing a webinar is to have the, the speaker and the host on the screen together at all times. Hmm. Because what it does, the worst thing you can do is have just the speaker view. Because say, when when you and I are both on the screen, then see, even now, like you're listening to me, so that's And I'm like nodding, the, so it's a conversation. Even if I'm not speaking, there's still a conversation. Yeah, and then that's like a bit of a verbal cue. Then I go, oh, this is like an actual live ongoing conversation. And the other person's listening going, yeah, hey, you know, and then it's back and forth. Not go, oh, now you just see Rick, now you just see Jerry. No, that, that's not the, not the way to do it. The other thing for doing good webinars is always, if you can, do a practice run the day before. I've, I've advised some companies um, or some individuals over time about webinars. Um, I'm not sure why, given my serial abuse of your rules, but th- that has <laughs> happened. And the one thing that I found that's most powerful to introduce is get rid of the myth of authenticity. Um, practice pr- and practice and practice. Do a dress rehearsal, an actual dress rehearsal where you are, oh, hands, in character all the time. 
Um, because authenticity is not actually something, I mean, when you speak, if you speak well, um, if your ideas are authentic and you believe them, that will come across, but being unpracticed does not communicate authenticity. It just communicates being unpracticed. Well, yeah. So we always do the practice the day before we try to do it at the same time as the webinar, like a day or two before, just make sure everything's good, go over some of the basics. And then when we do the webinar, we try to get people to show up 15 minutes early. I mean, you know, it happens in webinars where also the day comes and then the person, the connection is not working or, you know, a simple thing that I had happen, which, which I, I hadn't anticipated before is, so we were doing an interview with a high level CEO and then we couldn't get the practice session in advance. So on the day of, all of a sudden he, he had someone set up the laptop for him, but it was someone else's laptop. So all of a sudden he gets on and he starts talking and it's like, that's not John Smith. It said like in the bottom corner of a screen, like John Smith. Well, that was the name of the guy who set it up. It wasn't the name of our speaker. Yeah. So, so like the whole time we're looking at, we're interviewing one guy, but his, but it's the wrong name. Now, I could have said kind of okay, drives people a little crazy when they see stuff like that. Well, so I think this all gets back to um, is, you know, is it worth pursuing excellence? So, so you and I would say, well, well, yes. And so if someone's listening in and thinks, well, this is all the small stuff like me, who really cares? You're just getting your message across. I'd say, well, but then that would apply to everything. Why be good at anything? Why, why strive to be good at sports, at business? Well, we all know one of the few, one of the things you learn in university or, you know, is attention to detail. That's what separates people, attention to detail. And if you want to be excellent at webinars, it will separate you uh, from people. So it's quite interesting for ELO. We get lots and lots of compliments on how we do the webinars. Apart from the content, right. we just have, we, we get, I've been at, you know, whether it's a webinar or an in-person event, I will hear all the time people say, I'm so glad you finished on time. Or like at our events, they'll say, wow, you know, you, you really kept that, the pace going. Because that's the, really what you're communicating is. I respect I'm, you. I'm respecting the audience. Yes. Okay. Your time is valuable. And I'm communicating that by being very mindful of that, making sure. You know, we say, we realize it's already been a long day and our conference is ending at 945 at night and uh, after dinner and we got the speaker. So, no, we're not just going on till 1015 and like everybody's got nothing better to do. No, like we told you this amount of time. That's that goes right back to Dale Carnegie. Right. You know, start on time, end on time. Right. Right. And I think they also told they like you, that you started on time and ended on time. And I think they also said that Boyer was much better than the other four times. Wasn't that one of the other yeah. compliments? Well, somebody said he keeps getting better. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's a you know that could be or, or, or faint no. praise. That could be damning with faint praise. He's I, I better than he was last time. No, I think somebody said it's great hearing him so many times because every time he says something different. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> because I violate my rule about authenticity, and I also violate the rule about no, I, I go extemporaneous a lot. Um, so, what, one yeah. of my one of my rules would be: don't imitate me uh, when it comes to public speaking. Um, uh, you know that reminds me of Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know what Arnold Schwarzenegger said in his massive autobiography, Total Recall, because you know he had all these these little affairs and all these things. He says. I'm, I always said I'm an example, not a role model. 
I see. And I thought, wow, that's such an interesting comment. So I'm an example, but I'm not a, I'm no role model. That, like, in other words, don't, you know, I'll, which I'll, uh, I'll take that. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> that, that really leaves me off the hook in many ways. Um, so, um, so I'll go for that. And, and I, I think maybe another thing to add, and you do talk about it, you really have some have something to say, you know. Um, so, barring from planes, trains, and automobiles, you know, the the, the speech from Steve Martin to John Candy, a Canadian, um, yeah. you know, when you're telling a story, have a point. It's so much better for the listener. So you can do all the techniques right, and it's good to do the techniques right. But in the end, these are techniques to communicate something, to communicate content, and it should be good content. And if it's not, then you maybe have to ask. Should I have said yes to this invitation to be a speaker? Right. Well, so if somebody said or asked, how can I be a truly great speaker? So I'd say there's two components. One is what you say. The other one is how you say it. So the book, Public Speaking Laws of Success, is how you say it. But if you have nothing to say, it doesn't matter how well you say it. You still have nothing to say. Hmm. So for somebody, so the really the great speakers are those who combine the content and the delivery. And so, you know, of course, when you do a book on public speaking, well, I, I can't talk about the content because we're all specialists in different fields, but the, the speakers who are best are the ones who, you know, they're an expert in in history or, or we, we talked about Neil Ferguson, for example. You know, I, I haven't heard him live, but I know we've interviewed him, but I've, I've watched many of his clips and I think, you know, I mean, he's got a pretty good delivery, but his content is like so amazing. Yeah. yeah, Neil just has enormous amount of knowledge and it just comes yeah. flowing through. Yeah. Yeah. He just he just knows so much. He synthesizes. So that's a great example. You know, so there's other because if you think if someone is good at speaking, but really is just recycling other people's insights, there's a limit to how how far you're going to go with that. So I, and, and people have said to be a really great speaker, you, you should stick to what you know well and to really be an expert in it. So that's why Jerry, like when I've heard you speak at kingdom uh, advisors conferences, I remember the first time I heard you speak about like, wow, this is, this guy really knows his stuff. And there were so many great insights. Well, that's what you want in a great speaker where the person can be engaging and deliver it well, but also, you go, well, okay, this person is a real expert. It's like if you heard a past in you know, any pastor, you go, wow, okay, this person has really done. I, th I think all of us like to hear pastors, like a lot of us have, where, you know, they study the passage, they're a student of the word, and they've got, you know, insights and they know how to deliver them. You go, wow, that's, that's, that's really valuable. But, you know, people who aren't, say sharing their original thoughts and analyses there's a limit to how far you can go well you were very kind so i'm going to reward you um by uh, by branding here again to let people know that they should go out public speaking laws of success these the chapters are two three maybe four pages each you can read it yeah. you can read a chapter and couple of minutes, really easy to understand. You're practicing what you preach by telling stories uh, and by making things accessible. And let me just say, on behalf of audiences everywhere, um, if you are saying, not you, Rick, but you, um, people listening or watching at home, if you are saying yes uh, 
to invitations to be a public speaker, read this book. We need you to read this book. We're a captive audience. Be merciful to us. Um, and um, we will reward you um, with the respect that you show to us by being prepared and following some basic rules. So, Dr. Rick Gosen, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks a lot for uh, having me. It's been a lot of fun. I'm Jerry Boyer, and this has been Business in the Kingdom. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this ELO podcast, you can get involved by visiting elonetwork.org. Do you feel isolated and unsure whether you're making the right business decisions? During these times, leadership is lonelier than ever. For this reason, ELO is launching the ELO Peer Advisory Group Network. These groups will provide a space for like-minded entrepreneurs and business leaders to share advice, experience, and learn from each other's successes and failures, all from a Christian perspective. Visit elonetwork.org to learn more and apply today.